I don't wanna go to work. I just wanna chill and play all day. Look him dead in the face and say, I wish I could just be still asleep while you work. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with and without hand job. I mean, day jobs. <laughs> we're so glad to be back after a year. We're looking forward to sharing even more inspiring stories, as well as perspectives on surviving life in, during, around, and now soon, hopefully to be after a pandemic. Yes, Josh, because after more than a year, and it's still a mad, mad world, Dreamers like ourselves are struggling more than ever to make a go of it. And we're pivoting and we're, I don't dodging and dodging. I hate, and- we, we're <laughs> hating the pivoting. We're moving, we're shaking, we're creating new opportunities. Some of our guests so far already, you know, since we've come back have been super inspiring. And even today's is going to be an awesome. It's a real pivot story. It's, it's a, a real, real pivot, pivot story. story. Time, it's pivotal. <laughs> but how are you, Brianna? How are you? What's going on? Well, I just want to acknowledge it's, you know, St. Patrick's Day. And the reason I actually want to talk about it, Josh, is because today I was like, when is the last time I really celebrated this holiday? And I started, I was like 10 years ago. No. (laughs) And then I started thinking about it and I got really frightened how long it's been that I, when was it? How long has it been? I mean, I think like give us a number 15 years, maybe. I mean, since, since you really celebrated like drinking yes, all night, yes, all day. Yes. I mean, it used to, cause you know, my birthday's in three days. So okay, right. a big time of the year for me. You got right? St. Patrick's day, three days later, my birthday. Right. And yeah, it was a week of drinking. It, it wasn't was. just, it, it wasn't was. just two days, but that's, those are the, the days of your, my friend. <laughs> I think the last time you've probably been sloshed was on the podcast, like a, over a little over a year ago where you went out the <laughs> night before for your holiday party. That, that, that was became, Josh. That's almost two years ago. That's two years ago. That was wow. You came to the podcast the next day. You couldn't even function. I, I mean, threw you were like up a mess during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. No, I was a mess. I, I St. Patrick's Day was always. I think it was always just too much for me to handle. I was never a good drinker to begin with. Anybody listening to this who's drank with me knows that I am quite the lush. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even remember the last time I drank, let alone. St. Patrick's Day in general, but happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you who are listening to this weeks later. I hope yes. it was great. I hope your blood alcohol level was uh, was not exceeded too highly, but uh, and that you didn't disobey the uh, COVID rules and regulations. Yeah, right. If you're out drinking today, right now, you're totally disobeying the rules. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, drink honest. at home. Damn it. Like we all normal people do. <laughs> or just come over and I literally have a rack of all red wine that I don't even know where I got it from, let alone touch. So come over, have a drink and <laughs> drink my wine, drink my liquor. Well, speaking of, didn't our guest have a few? Uh, uh, I think so. I mean, we did a little pre-chat nips. here tonight and he <laughs> seems like slightly sloshed and he deserves to be because of the year <laughs> that he's had, he should be sloshed and surviving it so he could tell us all about it. Brianna, let's get right to it. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay, great. So today's episode is a returning guest, somebody who's already has an epic story, but now this last year with COVID has had an even crazier story. So today's episode is going to be titled Hot, Spicy, Chili, and Crispy. Mr. Bing CEO Brian Goldberg returns for a post-COVID chat. Brian, how are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Glad to be back. 
You see it, you hear it in his voice already. Definitely. He's that thrilled seems, to be here. That seems like Bailey's a little bit in there. Is there Bailey's? It's the, a little bit of Bailey's. There was a little bit of Kettle One mixed in with the Bailey's because <laughs> she said it was too thick just on its own. So it needed to be watered down with Kettle One. And then the, that should be the new line. That should be the new line for the podcast. Whiskey she said it was too thick. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, said, she said it was too <laughs> thick. But it had to be watered down. <laughs> That's now she's for rebranding the podcast. Now she's, yeah. Now she's looking at me. Well, I will. Uh, I will yes. be using. I will be using that little clip when I highlight this show. She said it was too thick. Thick, and it had to be watered down. <laughs> That's forget about dreamers with day jobs. <laughs> That's now the subtitle. Well, I just. I just want to say I did look back, and you were on our episode number six. So you're going back to our single digit episode. Wow. And now and, you're episode 57? Yes. Something like that? Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah. wow. And, and it was March. I uploaded it, I think, on March 11th. So it is. it has been over two years since we chatted wow. with you. Wow. Well, this is perfect. I remember that's that little studio. I remember the studio that we were in. I remember on First Avenue and somewhere. Yeah, second second Avenue comic strip. Oh, and up. Yep, there we go. you brought us some <laughs> chili crisps, which is so apropos because we're going to talk about those today. So here's the quick backstory. If you have not heard that episode and you're unfamiliar with Mr. Bing and Brian Goldberg, he has this crazy backstory. First of all, Brian and I grew up together. We went to high school together. We swam together. He was an athlete. He was valedictorian of our high school. Smartest, funnest, coolest kid I knew. Uh, he would never say that about me, but it's okay. Anyway. Anyway, so we uh, we split. Affectionately goes, referred to as the valid dick. The valid dick, right? Well, I, that was too thick. I was Rudy, so <laughs> you know you got the better end of that deal. Anyway, Brian goes off to college. He goes to Brandeis. Is that correct? Brandeis yep. University, and yep. he wants to study Asian studies. There is no program like that. He basically creates uh, a program through other classes. He creates the program at the college, studies it, ends up somehow in Beijing later on. He's doing the stock market out there. He got into news media out there. Eventually, he says, you know what? Look at all these crepes, these Chinese food crepes that they're selling on the street. These are so cool. I think I could turn this into a bigger cool. business, right? Turns it into Mr. Bing, which is Chinese food crepes, except he puts like an American twist on it, not just like little street foods. They're gourmet style. And then he eventually, he leaves Beijing. He says, I'm done with Beijing. He sells the company, comes to America. He starts the company again, people. This is entrepreneurship at its greatest. He starts Mr. Bing here, and he's going one store to two stores, multiple locations. Things are growing nicely, just like a good business should. And then fuck you, COVID comes through and just that's where we are today. So we're going to hear about what happened with COVID, what that did, how he pivoted and brought us through. Brian, did I hit it for the most part or did I forget about, I forgot about the Israeli bobsledding, not bobsledding, uh, luge. You team, did forget right? that. And I was going to say to our listeners, please go back. If you haven't listened to episode six, I implore you to, because his story is bonkers. Bonkers. <laughs> bonkers. I mean, I, I just mean, gave Josh the highlights. Did, Josh highlights. did a, a good job on the highlights, but really, <laughs> you really need to dive into it because there there's a lot this guy has achieved a lot and you should listen to episode six if you haven't 
but sorry, back to right. you. And, and one thing I will say about Brian from knowing you all these years is that you always found a way to get it done. You know, usually at the top, but you always, there's just something about it when it comes to entrepreneurs, they find a way to get it done. No excuses, no questions. It's just keep moving and get it done. So uh, we're super glad to have you back, but we do want to hear the story because I know how rough it was at first, especially in the restaurant industry. Take us through like ups and downs. Let us know what went on. But before you tell us the bad, oh. like tell us where you were entering COVID, you know, like how your business was doing and then tell it, you know, like show us right. like, the decline. The decline. Yes. The day and, and then the, the day before <laughs> the rise, the re-rise, the rebirth. Right. Um, we're getting close rise. to Easter. So it's a little Jesus moment. Right? Yeah. Right. Rising from the dead is, is a really good story. Um, uh, you know, so to be honest, um, so f right now we are completely a packaged foods business. I just want to set that for the record. Mr. Bing uh, is a different company now, and we make chili crisp, condiments, seasoning blends. Um, you know, Describe the crisps a little so people have an idea. Mr. Bing Chili Crisp, go online, mrbing.com, mr-bing.com. Instagram is at mrbingnyc, mrbingnyc. Uh, it's on Amazon, too, except right now we're sold out. It's done so well, it's sold out wow. on Amazon. So if you look for it, it will say uh, currently unavailable. We are in, uh, getting new inventory in there um, ASAP. You can Google the listing and then find a backlisting for it, but it'll it'll be back up in a couple of weeks. Brian, um, I have to ask. So do yeah. you find on Amazon, are, are people buying it from all across the country? I mean, are, because I know you were you were just in New York City, right, your business? Yeah, we started in Hong Kong, closed in Hong Kong, reopened in New York City, grew in New York City. During the restaurant growth is when we developed the chili crisp as our main sauce inside the Bing, knew that had like a potential future and that if the restaurants ever failed, which they did, we had a separate path to go. Um, and that's, that's what it is now. People buy it from uh, all 50 states. We have shipped internationally. We just shipped our first shipment to Hungary, Finland, Amsterdam, Australia. It's, wow. uh, we, we do ship internationally. Uh, one of our wholesale partners, fair.com for wholesale is now uh, doing a link with Europe. So we will be able to do a lot more business uh, exporting to European uh, independent grocery stores. Um, it is a crispy chili paste. It, think of it as like a Chinese pesto or a Chinese salsa. Look at the texture. It's all about the texture, the flavor, the crunch. It looks really spicy. It's not that spicy. We do have a spicier version now and a milder version, but it's the basic original version is, is not, it's a little spicy, a little bit sweet. It's like 80% solid crunchy particulate and like 20% oil. Right. So, so what's great about it, let me just jump in because I put it on everything. I just ordered three more the other day. It, 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 it's every, it's the texture, the crunch, right? It's the kind of thing you put on like eggs or you could like put in a sandwich or like if you were having like any kind of like, you know, rice or something, you mix it in. And I'm a spicy guy, like where my wife doesn't love it so much. I love that stuff. So it's like the per it's better than any other condiment. And I'm not just saying that I'm saying it's exactly right up my alley. If you're into that kind of thing. So anyway yeah yeah it's it's also great for you know maybe rubbing into certain places if you wanted to go there but oh um, yes i didn't even try that yet tonight <laughs> um but it's uh no it's it, this chili crisp is seeing a moment it you know we are not the only ones doing it uh we're i guess one of the leading brands doing it uh but we are inspired by 
the Godmother Sauce from China, which is a billion-dollar brand called Lao Gama or LGM for short, which means or the Godmother. That company's been around 30 years. They have like 10 or 15 types of chili oils, chili crisps, chili sauces, um, and ours is uh, inspired by the, the the crispy one, the spicy chili crisp, which we're used to right. use in all of our restaurants, in, dating back to Hong Kong and in all of our restaurants in uh, in New York. Um, but that stuff it has MSG in it, has preservatives in it. It's delicious. It's awesome. There's a massive foodie following uh, behind that stuff uh, outside of Asian food. There's like a Facebook group with like 3,000 followers here called the Laogama Appreciation Society. You can go on wow. it and look at it. It's all about people that are just obsessed with the godmother sauce. And, they, and um, it, we wanted to make uh, just a cleaner label version of it. No MSG, no preservatives, made locally fresh here in New York City. We use mushroom powder instead of uh, MSG, two types of mushrooms, porcini and shiitake, uh, mm. to create the umami uh, that LGM uh, you know, has from MSG. Um, you know, we use uh, three different types of peppers, two from Mexico, one from Korea. There is Chinese Sichuan chili, uh, uh, Sichuan um, peppercorn as well for a little bit of the, 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 the tingle. Um, it's, it's basically... What's it's, the crunch? What, the what crunch, gives it the crunch? So you got, you have dried minced uh, onions, dried minced, you have onions, you have garlic, uh, you have uh, rice bran. All those things, when you fry it, become crispy. The chili right. flakes themselves, the 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 gojugaru, the guajillo, the japones, all of those things also become crispy when you cook it in the oil. So all of that stuff, but like mostly the onion, the garlic, and the chili flakes provide provide the the uh, the crunch. Right. So, the mushroom powder provides the umami. Uh, but go ahead. Yep. Okay. No. So I'm interested though to go back and just find out what happened to you. Right. The backstory. The backstory. Because um, so my husband worked in the area where one of them, you know, was, and he came home and he was like, "I don't know what happened, but it right. looks like they're closed." Because I then I texted Josh and was like, "Josh, what's going on with Mr. Bing?" So right. I'm interested right. to hear what happened. And and Brian, as, just uh, just because we were just to bridge the gap for those two conversations, um, just also talk about. You said it was part of the business, but I'm interested to know how much it was actively part of the sales. Because I knew it was available and you could buy it at the stands and some of the places, but it seemed to me from our conversations over the last two years that you were really pushing like the store openings and the carts and the bit the yeah. corporate you know corporate lunches and things like that yeah so when we when i moved when i mr bing in hong kong 2012 13 14 were these two little stores making bings those savory chinese crepes along with right. other things like dumplings and chinese salads bubble tea things like that and it was very scalable meant to franchise we got tons of franchise requests we sold the food for probably cheaper than we should have. Rent was higher than it needed to be. And the economics didn't work out, but we created a brand and a, and a loyal following. Closed it, moved back to New York 2015, reopened it doing pop-ups, won the award, Rookie of the Year Award for uh, Best New Street Food Concept in 2016, the Vendee right. Award. Right. Started opening kiosks. We started uh, college campus kiosks, little small stores. We were, you know, we had uh, six locations going basically. Around um, New York, right? New York City, New York, New York area. Around New York City, catering all five boroughs, um, and partnered with Compass Restaurant Associates, Aramark. We were in like 30 or 40 different corporate cafeterias on a rotating basis. Morgan Stanley, wow. Viacom, LinkedIn, the Federal Reserve, Columbia University. That's just like growth, 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 though. I mean, that's like well, that, 
Yeah, we were doing a few million dollars, you know, two or three million dollars a year in, in sales, but it wasn't, to be honest with you, it wasn't, it was never, it never reached profitability. Um, the cost, right. the labor cost, the food cost, the rent cost, the competition, we were popular, but the competition in New York and the food scene is just insane. And right. right. there's another amazing concept that opens up around the corner, yeah. right? So, it's, so that it's, corporate, the corporate stuff that you were doing, were you doing that when uh, all the offices shut down for COVID? Were you still doing that? We were, we were still doing those things. Um, and it just, it all, it all stopped. I mean, we were, to be honest with you, we were growing, but you know, a couple of the stores were great enough. A, a couple of locations were not. And we had a few that, that closed along the way. The St. Mark's location didn't make it. The Times Square kiosk outdoors didn't make it. People there want to eat pizza, tourists want to eat pizza, hot dogs, burgers, not some newfangled Chinese street food they never heard of, uh, you know, it, you know, it was a, you know, but the grand central location crushed it. That's how we raised money from investors, you know, and, um, you know, it, what it's like, we almost like should have started the concept in Pittsburgh or Indianapolis or in like Charlotte or like a secondary city where we would have been even more unique where rent would have been lower cogs, mm -hmm. the cost of operating would have been lower. Right. Probably sell the food for roughly the same price as here, a little, but and just probably would have been easier. But New York was my hometown. We wanted to start here. My relationships were here, right. um, but it was more. It's more difficult. Uh, but you know, well, we got a lot of exposure that way, and it was. But to be honest, before COVID, we were already facing challenges. It's not like COVID was the main reason we shut the business. It wasn't. It Interesting. was. It was part of it. It was the final the nail. nail the, it was yeah. the final nail in the coffin. But to be honest, like it was losing money, and it, it had a lot of potential, a lot of franchise requests to scale, as I said. But it just never got to that point where it was really overall making the money that it needed to here in New York. Um, Wait, who was who was trying started. to franchise it? And uh, did, weren't you talking to like a bigger national brand about that? Am, am I allowed to say that or? Uh, th there was a lot of franchise interest. Um, people that f owned franchises of other very well-known nationwide fast casual quick service restaurant, fast food chains or NTN's right. pretzel kind of people. Like I can't say names, but like, you know, there were, you know, and our investors were involved in that kind of stuff too. Uh, and that was the whole idea was like to build it up in New York and figure out the model, nail down exactly how each store works, what the right. uh, financial pro, pro forma model looks like, how the build out of every kiosk looks exactly, what is the exact menu going to be, what is the method, the methodology, and, the, and the, the system that you then codify and you can replicate anywhere, right? right? That was what we were trying to go for. And we were getting there. It just was very difficult to do it and make nice profit in New York City. Right. So. There were there were challenges, labor challenges, food cost challenges. You know, um, do you feel just, do you feel at all that you got too big too fast in New York? Like you had too many locations. If you had focused maybe on less, um, maybe like that first location that was doing really well to continue doing that slowly organically build up the profits from that. Not maybe higher you know, another operations person to help open the other ones. Uh, but at the same time, you kind of had to, because you, you can't just, you're not going to really survive either from the profits of one of one little kiosk location, especially a 90 square foot kiosk, as good as the numbers were on a unit basis. It's not right. like you're, you know, a two or 3000 square foot restaurant, like, like Tao or something like that. Right. Or that does million, multiple millions of revenues 
uh, a year and lots of profit that you, if you had one of those, you could, you could survive very well on one location or two right. locations. Our model was based on scaling. Our model was based on being like an Auntie Anne's pretzels or a Mrs. Fields cookies or a Subway sandwich that really requires multiple, multiple locations. And you got to move. There were other people that were coming into the Bing space trying to do Bing concepts. Right. And, you know, we were, we wanted to maintain that momentum, that brand and, 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 and grow. Uh, and then you start to leverage scale by having multiple locations. That's when the unit economics of the corporate overhead of having like your CEO, your COO, your, 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 your marketing manager to, to just justify paying those three or four people at the corporate level, right. you need to have five, six or seven locations going at that are each producing X amount of profit to cover the cost of corporate overhead. Right. right. That's kind of how, and once you go beyond that, that's when you start to really make real money. Right. Um, or or licensing the concept, licensing the brand, licensing the recipes, li- license licensing the whole system to like another city. To like is that God. is that different than franchising though? That that is that's franchising. Okay, so that's let me ask you a quick question. You keep saying yeah. anti anti uh, anti what do they call it? Anti what? anti ants pretzels. Anti ants, right? The pretzels, yeah. right? So to me, I think of when I think of that, I think of uh, rest stops on the highway, and I think of the mall, right? So were you or airports thinking, or airports, right? So were you thinking of those kinds of locations too, or like the Pittsburghs or the smaller cities too? I mean, you were obviously learning a tough lesson in New York, but still making it happen. So like how much, in, or like how much were you leaning toward? Like, all right, let's get out of New York or let's get to these I, other yeah, kinds we of were, locations. I was dying to, after a little while. I was dying to get out of New York. It's so hard. You know, and then there was so much demand in these other cities. People wanted Mr. Bing there. They'd see us on social media. They'd have a business trip to New York, have our food. They'd never had anything like a savory Chinese right. crepe made freshly. In and I have before. never had something never else had. before that. And I have never had something since. Yeah, I mean, right. it just does not exist. I don't know I've who's never had it. with you. It's, never. And, I mean, it, nobody. I mean, I, I've, I've, you, I've gone to you and have you, you know, cater parties and stuff like that for me. Like, it's a food that nobody can say, "Oh, I've had that somewhere else." I'm sorry, right. it's, it's, you know, it's so unique. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's even now that we're doing chili crisp, we tell the story of where we come from. Mr. Bing, the, the name of the the condiment, it still harkens back to the to the food that we were known for making and. There actually maybe some. We actually did a pop up in Vermont last weekend right. to promote the chili crisp, but we were making bings for the first time in a year. People love that story. They love where the chili crisp comes from. Right. But it's yeah, it, it is mesmerizing to watch being made. You can go on YouTube and Google Mr. Bing, twelve second Mr. Bing Jen Bing video, twelve second. Or there's a lot of YouTube videos that listeners can look at to see how a bing is made if you haven't seen it. Um, but it's you know. No, did, did we have to be in, in, in rest stops and in airports? No, but that would have been, airports could have been very good for us. Right. Uh, airports are notoriously difficult to make money in as well, though. Certain locations in airports work great, but then you're dealing with uh, certain companies that run the food businesses in those airports. You have to partner with them. It's their staff that have to work at your locations and then getting them to kind of do the thing your way is even right. harder. So it well, wasn't a well, good idea. And honestly, COVID would have killed you in air, if you were in airports, that all those airport too. businesses. Yes. But let me ask you, is there any chance that uh, you can bring Mr. Bing back in other locations? It's not our focus right now. Uh, you know, as we grow the Chili Crisp and we go into more supermarkets, 
uh, and that product grows, there's a chance maybe you have Mr. Bing carts inside supermarkets making the Bings as a way to promote the Chili Crisp. You know, you can do events that promote the Chili Crisp using the Bings. Right. Uh, people want the Bings back. I mean, we get comments on Instagram all the time. When are you bringing the Bings back? You know, like, I mean, that would, it's just. It's just not feasible at the moment. Right now, our focus is that it's a different business, packaged right. products, packaged foods. We're in the manufacturing, distribution, and marketing business now. And this is a shelf-stable product, and there's so much work that needs to go into making this work. Right. Just the chili crisp on its own, never mind the dry rub, the pure oil. We could do frozen things. We've tested Yeah, that. I was just going to say, what about like a, a fast, like a frozen in the frozen yes. food section? You can do, if you roll the bing up, it's basically like a burrito and you can right. freeze that and it becomes virtually like a frozen Chinese burrito and it could be next to Amy's burritos in the frozen food section. At right. Where, but the name, know, the name, you know, it, it, it uh, immediately evokes an Asian flair, right? So, you know, yeah. it would be immediately comp uh, competitive to me, you know, because yes. it would be like, oh, I clearly understand what this product is. Yes, and there's we have interest in that supermarket uh, new innovation product development people from certain supermarkets that I you know can't mention have right. have expressed interest in this with us and and that is on the on the planogram for uh, well development plan right. uh, down the road uh, pending resources and people that know how to do frozen food right now the chili crisp opportunity is paramount it's what it, we are what it, it's our core product what we're known for it's, the demand is there it's the next sriracha a lot of people think in terms right. of market yeah. potential and to it's do exactly that, to make that. that happen, wow yeah what a great comparison a, it's the next sriracha and sriracha came from a very niche you know vietnamese thai background in in vietnamese and thai restaurants and faux noodle faux noodle shops and it became mass market and used on everything and it's on restaurant tables across the country including blaze pizza right yeah i so, get it at my greek store i go to this greek restaurant i go to i get a sriracha tzatziki where would that have come from exactly. otherwise try right. mixing mixed chili crisp into mayonnaise mixed chili crisp into tartars mixed chili crisp into hummus it's fantastic and but it's, right. it's, it's very different than sriracha, obviously. Very different flavor right. and texture. But similar sort of opportunity coming from a niche background, coming from a restaurant use background, to become that mass market, that new everyday condiment that Americans can really start to really embrace as their new right. everyday thing. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Jobs Blow podcast. And if you like what you hear, we promise you'll like what you taste. You have got to try Mr. Bing's Chili Crisps. They are sweet, savory, spicy, and crunchy all at the same time. And they are literally the best condiment to add to any food like eggs or pizza, tacos, or even on a salad. See, I like to cook with Chili Crisps and you can even add them to a bowl of ice cream. So make an order today and use our special Jobs Blow podcast discount code. Just go to MrBing.com, that's M-R-B-I-N-G.com, and put in the code JOBSBLOW for a spicy 10% discount on your next order. Thanks so much. Uh, Brianna has a question. I have a question. So, Brian, when did you find, like, close everything down and, and pivot to um, focusing on just having this, um, this the product line? So, um, the Chili Crisp launched in the first chili crisp product came out in february of 2019 here 
uh, August 2019, we officially launched a separate company for packaged goods. Uh, so that was the, the separate company. Okay. Yeah, and it was already happening. It was Got already it. starting while the restaurants were open. We l- launched a separate company to manufacture the chili crisps, to market it, and to sell it in the store. Separate, separate both, uh, you know, managed by myself, but a separate LLC, right? Very important to, you know, wall that Differentiate, right. Yeah, different, different, different operations, different company, different finances, different everything, um, different rules, different everything, right? Um, but we had actually made the chili crisp for the first time in Hong Kong in 2014. We actually made our own version of it to use in the Hong Kong Mr. Bing restaurants, but we're not selling it. But we had already developed that recipe, that that Got version it. that we wanted. So there was a long history to this actually brewing for a long time that I always wanted to do. Now we closed the final Mr. Bing location right at the end of February, early March. So just li- just right at the beginning of when, when COVID was starting to uh, rear its ugly head. But in the Chinese restaurant world here in New York, that started in December because the Wuhan right. coronavirus mm-hmm. thing had started in November, December, right? December was like the real bad period in China, November, December. And right. it had already, news had already spread here about, you know, COVID in China. And there were stigmatisms against Asian restaurants, Asian people, right. which are still obviously going on very badly right now in mm-hmm. this country. Um, and there were people that were not going to Asian restaurants or Chinese restaurants or to Flushing or to Chinatown. And there was a stigma against our right. Chinese restaurants, Asian restaurants, and Asian people, uh, and Asian-run businesses already at that time. And our sales in December of 2019, uh, December 2019 our, our, our December sales were significantly down compared to our neighbor, like in the kiosks in the food hall, yeah. right, which we can compare ourselves to. Right. Where there's a, a salad so place, true. a pizza place, uh, I, you know, uh, a uh, a sushi burrito place, a rock, blah blah blah. You know, fifteen different or twenty different ethnic or concepts. They were most of them were doing great. All the Asian ones were really taking start taking a hit. Wow. That's interesting. And we, knew, and we knew that. Yeah, we knew. That's and you had the best location of that whole that whole joint because you we walked did. in and you were across from the door, right yep, in front, front of you. Front entrance, front corner entrance. You can see that neon sign. Like out on the street from three blocks right. away. Right. So that's and, so that's interesting because because coming into this conversation, I thought COVID was the reason that you were focusing on um, your products. So this is so, interesting. I mean, partially because during COVID, let's face it, e-commerce and home food shopping oh, yeah. online blew up. Right, blew up. Packaged blew up. foods and having looking for new flavors to eat at home to to make your weeknight home cooked meal more interesting was an excellent place to be for business. And that's, that's another reason why, yes, we focused on that um, because e-commerce took off. Like anyone in packaged foods business and supermarket grocery delivery business, you know, has done very well during COVID, right? right. So the silver lining, and I didn't see that coming. It's just, it, we, were, we just happened to be well positioned to, to take advantage of that once we were able to get through the hell of closing down our restaurants and going but what, through. But what's interesting, Brian, is that you have a specialty product, whereas a lot of the business that increased as, at the beginning of COVID specifically was more of like the the Fritos and the, the stuff that people craved, that kind of like- Comfort um, food. Comfort 
food. So I don't think specialty, because I was in, uh, I worked for a cookie business that was more of a kind of premium specialty cookie. And we didn't see the increase that a lot, like an Oreo saw. So it's really interesting to hear that your brand did benefit given that it is, it's not like your everyday kitchen pantry item, you know, it's, it's a specialty item. So that's, that's great that you were able to. And people were like, like he said, I think what's interesting is, is, and I I feel like we're still there too, but people are searching for other things that they can do at home. I mean, before uh, COVID hit, I mean, we were eating the same like three, four home cooked meals, you know, every week just because of time, like we had time, we didn't have time to make anything. And now, you know, we're just so many different things, so many different dishes, so many with the same proteins or the same vegetables, but so many different combinations. So I could see why that would take off. Uh, Did you say what, what, what parts of the business hour of this business currently are really working as far as like where you can buy it? Is it your website? Is it specific distributors? Yes, the, our website, we offer, you know, free shipping with three or more jars. We offer various promotions here and there as and when they come, like the Chinese New Year promotion or other things. It's where the recipes are. It's, you know, the history, our stories there, mrbing.com. Amazon, obviously, is a monster and is right. at least 50% of United States all e-commerce business. And we just went on there recently. It did so well that it, it sold out too quickly. We didn't make enough product to keep up with the demand on Amazon. Wow. Do you um, do you do a lot of marketing support on Amazon? I mean, what do you attribute it blowing up on Amazon to? Would you do Amazon's people just look on Amazon for stuff and it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's so convenient Amazon prime and not have to pay for shipping. And, you know, and now you can build an Amazon store, which is replicates kind of like your website. We don't have that yet. We just got brand registry recently, you know, when we closed the restaurant company and launched the, you know, they had, we had the separate packaged foods business company. You have to go through all this intellectual property transfer, trademark stuff, all this before you can really build out that full presence on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So we're still going, we're still going through that, you know, um, in terms of building that out, uh, it, it, people do a combination of both. Some people crush it on their website and they don't want to be on Amazon at all because there's, there's fees you pay to Amazon. A lot of fees, right. yeah. But, but actually for the food business, it's not that bad. For us, it's very good. We really, we do love our, we, we love, we like the business we do on Amazon. We have no problem with people buying our products on Amazon. I buy tons of stuff on Amazon. I think it's an amazing platform. The technology uh, in the Amazon backend in terms of how they work and which I'm learning a lot about now as being a vendor on Amazon is fascinating. I love it. It's amazing, amazing technology. Um, but so is Shopify, our website, we moved our restaurant website. Let me close that. We Shopify. moved on Shopify, <laughs> you know, Shopify. Right? I know Shopify. And, yeah. Yeah. That's another amazing platform. That's an entire universe on its own with all these apps and widgets and things that you can you know, add to your website to make all sorts of little things happen. Uh, you can do B2B e-commerce. You can sell wholesale through your Shopify website to, to other restaurants and chefs and all that stuff. If is, that where you, business is that where you, is that where you do your B2B on there or do you, do you we're, offer? We're moving. No, I was going to say, ahead. do you offer the larger quantities that you sell to restaurants on Amazon or is, or just on your own site? On our own site, we mentioned that you have to fill in a form and contact us, and then a conversation begins. But we're going to make it more automated, where you enter your tax ID number and your business information, then you'll be able to purchase wholesale quantities like jugs, cases, like the 64 ounces, or like 
a half a pallet or a pallet of like product. But what if Josh wants a jug? How can Josh get? A I jug? wanted a jug, and I, had, and I got three <laughs> small jars instead. How does a regular person get a restaurant size? I want to bathe in this stuff. It's so good. No, but I really, if it would help me grow, I'd really appreciate that. Is that yeah. possible? <laughs> um, yeah, look, you you just fill out the form. You just contact us on our website. There's a form. It's very simple. So I'm I can it. get a jug, but nobody else can get a jug unless you're a wholesaler. Is that well, so no, we, we sell the we sell we sell the if it's just if you're a retail customer that just wants like the Costco size version of Chili Crisp, you just can't stop eating it. We'll sell it to you, and you you still get better, uh, more bing for your buck at the price in terms of price. I love that. <laughs> love Thank that. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's wholesale pricing if you're literally in the industry and you have like a business certificate kind of thing, and you you know you you run a catering company, you're a chef, you bubble, you know you can prove that to us, and you get the wholesale pricing, minimum number of cases, and all that stuff. Then we're on fair.com, there's a wholesale website as well where people buy our stuff all over the country. Uh, so you really are getting it out to these distributors, which is well, actually a next well, question of mine. Well, what do you, what are we calling them? Are we calling them, I mean, they're distributors. No, so so that's, that's the difference. Platforms. These are not, these platforms. Are Sorry. These are like B2B wholesale platforms, right. which help us as a small company keep more of the margin. When you go to a distributor, we're a very important part of the game in terms of Whole Foods, Publix, Kroger. Right. Okay. right. You know, then you're dealing with UNFI, KHE, U.S. Yes. Foods, Chex Foods, Baldor, like those. So kind you're of just guys. cutting profits down, they, but yeah, but of course they take their cut. Of course, everyone needs to make their margin, but they make it a lot easier for you to get your stuff into a lot more shelves, right? A right. lot more stores. Once you're at that level, that's not our focus at the moment. Our focus is e-commerce, direct to consumer, Amazon, and food service, meaning like selling to chefs, restaurants, and institutional catering companies like Compass and Restaurant Associates and right. Levy that, that, but are that you we in, know. Are you in Sorry. some retail locations? I we thought, are. Yeah. We are. Local. Yes, but local. So that's, that's, the, that's the only one that we've, the two that we focus on are just the small independent grocers here, like your Zabars, your Grace's Market, Bomberry Mart, H Mart, like uh, Market on Kent, uh, Kim's Millennium Market in, in uh, Williamsburg, like, uh, local New York ones that we can have direct relationships with build the brand up organically locally here. In addition to small independence through fair.com, for example, like we get orders from like a little place in Montana, a small place in Iowa, some general goods store in Vermont. Like, I love little... that. Who are these yeah. people? So, like, so, it's, so it's fair to say in a way that, that doing the business, this business in those stores locally around New York was the good idea, right? And then trying to set up the restaurants ended up being the, the challenging idea in New York because New York was just too competitive like that. But doing this business it's, all over New York is just really helping you just, it, you know, get a foundation. It does. We have not just here, but we have little pockets of like super fans, like Chapel Hill, North Carolina. We happen to have a group of people there that are obsessed with our product. They have a big foodie group on Facebook who we happen to know. There's a small deli there that sells our stuff and it's just become really popular in that, in that town. But that's how it grows. That's how it grows. It's, how, it, it's just and how then it, it, it tips because a whole yep. town loves it, takes it to another place. And then that one influential person is like, you got to try this next thing. You know, have you pitched the media there to get, uh, to nope. you should. But you've nope, been on the Today yet. Show, right? With the with Mr. Bing, with so, the Bings. Yes, the Bings were on the Today Show with Hoda 
and Savannah Guthrie and, uh, and and actually after the show when we when we were like and when they were like taking apart the set and like just like eating the leftovers like right. Hoda and Savannah Hoda in particular was like obsessed with the chili crisp she's like what is this stuff I'm have like, you sent so, her some I have not yet on the oh, send do you it, need uh, a freelance PR person <laughs> yes. I have time Brian yes, I've got nothing but time my friend <laughs> yes we, she we, just we wants an excuse to call Hoda no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You tell me your stories. Oh, yeah. I will find the angles, my friend. But listen, Look, if anybody has are, stories, it's this guy. No, we are getting things ready. My co-founder, best friend, just joined me on January 1st. He's a COO. He comes from a digital marketing analytics background, built and exited two companies. He's based in North Carolina, but we lived in China together 23 years ago. Um, and we are interviewing PR people. We are interviewing digital marketing agencies to manage the Facebook, the Instagram, the Google, the TikTok, the influencer campaigns, the whole freaking thing. You know who you but should talk to? <laughs> There's this woman named Brianna Haas. She's very, very close to me. I just I got knew. my new resume. So <laughs> no, but what, what's so cool about, I mean, look, it just seems like that the, 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 the tragedy of COVID, right, in, in so many ways, almost, and even though it was kind of happening already, I understand, it's like became an opportunity. Whether it was intentional or not, you know, you just jumped on it. You could have thrown your hands up in the air and said, well, screw it, uh, we tried, you know? But, you know, it, it, it's really a testament to like, you know, uh, it's like football. You see the guy coming at you. You could run right into him. You could try to run around him, you know, and maybe it creates another opportunity. So I, I think it's fascinating. I do have another question though as far as the way you're growing right now i hear you saying e-commerce i hear you trying to do these small little markets but you also mentioned uh, offline before all of these other different products so from what i understand about marketing you don't want to like flood the market with too much competition for yourself right of your own products how do you do that like how how do you start introducing all these new like flavors the pace the different yeah powders so up until now, it's been one product, the Chili Crisp, at a medium spicy level. But sometimes it's come out a little spicy or a little mild, and there's and the, it's bifurcated our customer market to people that love the spicy and that some people can't take spicy at all, and they love the mild, they need the mild. Or a large nationwide chain wants to private label it, and they can't have it be too spicy because that would just close the door to too many customers. They need the mild. But then you realize there's demand for two two uh, two versions of it. Then. I mix it in with mayonnaise all the time. I'm like, wait a second, why don't we sell a version where it's mixed in with mayonnaise? What would you call, what is that called? What is that? Is that like a like a Thousand <laughs> Island type thing? It's it's <laughs> it's a, it's like a spicy, crispy aioli is what it is. Dig it. Um, you know, and I have friends who's like their kids won't eat. They eat chili crisp every day, but they have to eat it with the mayonnaise and the honey, right. and that's what they have. They won't eat any sandwich unless it has Mr. Bing chili crisp and mayonnaise and honey on it. And like that's enough. Like you hear that enough times, you're like, okay, we'll make it. All right. So then you prototype it. Then there's the runoff, the pure oil, the pure liquid red oil that's on the top of the chili crisp. You can use that to cook with. Chanterelle uses it to make amazing freaking mushroom uh, uh, meatballs. She uses it all the all the that's time for cooking. Fiance. My fiance, John Trump, yeah. yes. Congratulations, um, by the way. She's an amazing chef and home test cook, and she develops so many ways of using the chili crisp, which we then take pictures of and post on Instagram. <laughs> right. um, but we do rely on user-generated content. When a lot of our fans or people that buy our product start using it in different creative ways and send us pictures of it, it's like an uh, you know an aha moment where you're like, oh, right, yeah. of course. What is that. the what's the most in, insane or incredible thing that someone has posted using it that you were like, wow, never would have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, sure. what's that? 
Um, well, one of the most eccentric things is putting it on ice cream. Ooh. Drizzling Ooh. chili crisp on ice cream. What which flavor? the New York Times has actually written about. Um, you know, people do that. And uh, we actually just sent it to... Uh, uh, I just contacted Van Leeuwen Ice Cream to see if they'd be interested in experimenting with our chili crisp as a partnership, as, like a, as, a, as a new ingredient, flavor, profile, crisp. Because, and you know, crispy things mixed with ice cream are fantastic, right? Yeah. Like cookie bits or brownie bits. No, I grew up, both. my mom, we'd put chips, potato chips on our ice cream because that salty, salty with the sweet. sweet was amazing. Yep. So what salty would the flavor be? What flavor would you, would you throw you know, that I don't. I, I mean, I'm a coffee fanatic, coffee ice cream fanatic, but like, it, you know, vanilla, a, a version of vanilla, Tahitian vanilla. I, I don't know. I like I don't know they're the ice cream people I'd let them experiment with it and see I, mm -hmm. I've heard they like to partner with local New York City up like like purveyors of other ingredients so we'll see right. I, I don't know dude it doesn't even have to work but you could market this as a hair growth supplement right <laughs> like for men rub it on your scalp it doesn't even no. have to work we will skin buy ex exfoliation. it it's crispy oh, there you go it's I dig skin, that skin exfoliator because of the crispy edgy bits there you and, go. Um, Rodan and, and Fields uh, should be getting, should be calling you any minute now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, there's the dry rub. So if you take all the ingredients and you don't put the oil in it and you pound it down into a powder like or more, much more granular form, then you have a dry rub slash seasoning blend slash spice mix that you would rub and cook with into uh, raw fish and chicken and meat and veggies. And that's amazing. I, I also sprinkle that on my eggs in addition to regular chili wow. crisps. I want um, all of it, Bri. I want yeah, all of it. it. Because you learn with this, like, you can have one amazing product, like, basically, Sriracha. Sriracha right. has the two other products, too, like the chili garlic sauce, and I forgot what the other one was. But, you know, for the most part, most brands, they want to, they want you to have multi multiple products on the shelf because then you take up more space on the shelf, then you'll see your brand across seven, oh. eight, or nine items, and it's basically, like, advertising space. It's like a billboard on the shelf. It's hard to succeed with just one item because there's only so many slots on the shelf that from a supermarket perspective. Mm -hmm. In right. e-commerce, this doesn't necessarily apply. Right. Although it does, because when you go to a website, you see multiple items, you're more likely to put a few more items in your electronic shopping right. cart. Try things options. out and see what you like. I was just going to say, yeah. if you're on there, I come there for the crisp, but if I see other things, I might, you know, right. If it's, it cuts my shipping costs down, I might yeah. give it a try and say, okay, Correct. You know, let's see what so it is. So you mentioned Correct. recipes. So do you have a catalog of recipes um we do okay and are they on your website are they there are at the moment the website only shows four recipes i think there's like a chili crisp arrabbiata a chili crisp paella like a brussels sprouts with chili crisp and maple oh. they they're up um and there's like there's another for the thanksgiving paella. we had a bunch we had a we had a turkey uh, a chili crisp turkey rub we had uh, we've done multiple things. We have a booklet of like 10, 11, 12 recipes. We now have a, a chef on board who's a CIA trained chef, ex Union Square Hospitality Group, ex Myolino uh, chef who is coming up with a lot of stuff. We just posted CIA being Culinary Institute of America, Institute not of America, Central yes. Intelligence Agency. Yes. Correct. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I guess we should ask uh, you the question, which we asked you on our last show, but I don't know what you said, but the worst HR question ever, which is, so where do you see yourself now in five years? Swimming in chili, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, five, five years, uh, yeah, a fully built out e-commerce business, multi-channel e-commerce business, 
uh, uh, definitely in in more supermarkets and nationwide uh, uh, chains, you know, five or six products in the Mr. Bing catalog that are all like, you know, sig- like proven products that are right. in, a, in addition to the chili crisp, um, you know, uh, and, and hopefully on restaurant tables in a significant and some significant restaurant chains across the country as like a standard condiment, like in some pizza chain where a chili right. crisp is then in a pizza chain as like a standard awesome topping that you get when you go to blaze pizza i would say that that's that's a great answer too and i was thinking this whole time that the crispiness reminds me of the red uh, pepper flakes that you put on your pizza so i was like you know i'm you know pizza a pizza shop every pizza shop that kind of thing would be i would put that on before the red crisp the red uh you know the pepper flakes so yeah i think that's a great idea the pizza business is a great partner for us because pizza is like the number one or number two consumed food in the country on a regular basis and chili crisp goes great on it so like partnering with pizza brands, chains, ingredients, suppliers, chefs, like would be amazing. Well, another um, partner that you should consider is if the friend, friends cast has a reunion show, you really, that Mr. Bang, oh, you got to get Mr. in Bang there Bang somehow. Baby, like I know that he would cost a lot, but you know, I'm just saying there, there's a, I don't know. He's not doing much these days. Maybe he'll come, come. Well, yeah, but you, he doesn't have to, <laughs> I mean, they were making a million dollars an episode, but it's just a nice pop culture moment. Yeah, Bing Crosby, Chandler Bing. Um, there was a guy. There was a Walmart former Walmart executive whose last name he approached us out of nowhere with interest in what we were doing. I gave me his business card. His last name was Bing. I was like, whoa. Bada <laughs> Bing. But, uh, was it? Wasn't the club in Sopranos? Oh, like, Sopranos. Bada Bing. Bada Bing. Bada Bing. Dude, we got to do a commercial for you with the Bada Bing. Bada Bing. You can't use that, but it's there's, good. There's a lot of fun stuff that. Yeah, it's that, yes. Yes. All right. Well, Brian, the last thing that we've been doing, the last time we saw you, we did a game. But now, uh, given COVID and the fact that most people that have had COVID have lost their sense of taste and smell. I don't know. You didn't get COVID, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. So we're asking our guests, during the last year, what senses do you feel like you've either lost or gained? Um, and it can be anything from the sense of perception, sense of humor, sense of fashion, sense of family. Wow. Um, Tough question. <laughs> lost my sense of wealth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I lost pretty much everything financially. And sense of security, to... like a sense of like. No, I have a sense of security because I have Chanterelle and I have my family and friends, and a very fortunate to you know have have a, a nice place to live still, despite all the hardship. Um, you know, uh, but um, uh, no, I, I yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I guess I've I've ex- I've experienced I've gone through a level of. Uh, financial stress that I've never been through. I was, I was in finance for 10 years, did extremely well, real estate, finance, everything. But I, I put all of my savings into my restaurant business, trying to make it work to the very, very last minute. And it, and, uh, and, uh, it didn't work out, you know, and, right. you know, luckily I have something to pivot to, to pivot to and, and a great product that came out of it, but it's, it's very still really early stage. It's, you know, doing well, but it's still early. And, Financially, it's uh, yeah. That sense of financial security is something I lost, right? And having to um, survive on, on on much less and uh, and get used to that. And um, you know, uh, 
Yeah, that's, I mean. But as a result of that, do you, did you gain something? Any sense that you gained going through I gained that? about I gained about 12 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Common answer. There you go. <laughs> you know, uh, still working on that. Um, yeah. You, you know, no, but gained uh, gained a new uh, gained a new level of confidence with what you know with what's having been through what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was in a you know very bad place a year ago um you know, i've gained i've gained a new sense of yeah a new sense of confidence stronger sense of self-identity uh i've gained a you know a, a, a fiance um a uh you know i've um gained a, a, a business partner a co-founder a co-pilot for the first time in, in uh, ben you can read about ben on our website on the about us page uh it was like a brother to me um, you know, and, uh, yeah, you've regained a, a sense of, uh, of, of hope and, uh, of, uh, excitement for what I do and for our brand that I've worked so hard for so long to create, you know, starting eight years ago in Hong Kong, that's, that's been through a number of ups and downs and is now taking on a new form, uh, but it's still Mr. Bang. And, I, feel, um, I feel like there's a, an opportunity for you to offer advice now because literally you just, you know, talked about what it is to kind of hit rock bottom, but to like turn it around, you know, have hope. And I feel like so many people yeah. right now really can relate to that in so many ways, maybe different ways, but at the heart of it, you know, I, I think what, what is your advice? What, what, what do you say to people that are in similar situations? Well, I would hope that people can avoid hitting the bottom that I hit as hard as I hit it, and because it was a very dark place. Um, and and quickly, too, that, it happened so fast. Yeah, it it happened very fast, and I, I, I did not handle it well for quite a while. Um, and a lot of people very concerned about my well-being, and you know, I, I've. It, it's hard not to associate your your business with your personal identity sometimes as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. like if your business fails, you feel like you have fa- failed as a person. And that's really hard to avoid, but you have to avoid that and separate that from yourself. And also if it's reaching a point of no return, you got to know when to pull the, pull the plug. I probably should have pulled the plug earlier and avoided some of the darkness that did happen. Right. Um, you know, I was so, I think, blinded with optimism about making it work. And there is a point when I probably, I should not have put as much into, I should have pulled the, I should not have exposed myself to certain risks or personal guarantees, for example, uh, that I did. Right. Um, and, there, and that can be avoided. There is a way to limit the amount of risk that you take as an entrepreneur without it, letting it get so bad. Um, but at the Which, same time... Sometimes you have to, if you really believe in it, to get to where I am now. Maybe I wouldn't be here. Maybe I, I'd be back in a in a job, jobs blow, right? That you know, <laughs> right. I, I, that I, I, you know, I was looking for some jobs for a little while, and I, I, right. I, I my heart was not in. Even after the hell that I went through, I'm like, no, still want to do Mr. Bing. Right. And some people are like, are you fucking crazy? Like, look what you've been through twice, Hong Kong, and now here, you still, you still want to try it again? So would you like, say well, a little yeah, bit, but in a different format? The advice is a little bit of just give yourself a break. Like, yeah. Yeah. If your business fails, it is not the end of you as a person. And 
yeah. it, it's easy to say that now, but when you're in it, it is really hard to believe it. People would tell me that all the time. And I'm like, no, this is the end of me as a person. This is me. I am Mr. Bing and my whole right. world revolves. And, and that is unhealthy. It is unhealthy for your relationships. It's unhealthy for your self-worth. It is unhealthy for moving on to other, other opportunities. It, mm-hmm. It's really, I don't know. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's great advice though, because it, especially, I mean, you're, you're the, I mean, even you were running obviously your whole company, but even people in jobs, like regular jobs who go through that kind of loss too, could sit there and go through the same kind of trauma and beat themselves up. And I think that's important to remember that, you know, you, you take it at first and then you got to remind yourself that it's not, that's not all of who you are. I think that's really great advice. Yeah, And even if it's a layoff, I mean, you know, it's, it's across the board, you feel crushed, you feel, you know, I mean, you, obviously, as you said, you hit rock bottom, but also losing your job in general, it, it, it can be yeah. very, you know, debilitating and make you feel like a piece of shit, quite honestly. So, um, yeah. well, one thing, Brian, I always like, even in talking today is that you, you always, as, as ambitious you, as you are, you always seem to be able to also say, Hey, we're still growing. We're not there yet. You know, you're not just inflating the talk of what it is that you're doing. You have big ideas. You clearly have a lot of information and willing to share it, which we all appreciate, but you just always have this way of keeping it humble and being like, well, we're still not there yet. You know? And I think that keeps it in perspective. Uh, it seems to have for you, but it's a good lesson too, for all of us of like, it's, it, it's about the journey. It's, there is no destination. It's just, you keep going and keep pushing and you keep getting better. And, and, you know, you and having a good sure. woman always helps. So yeah. there you, yes. and you have one now. Yeah. Great. And whenever you eventually have a wedding, you know, they will have chili crisps on Everywhere. all That's the food the, and the ice gift. cream and dessert. <laughs> that will be the gift. I think it's awesome. Brian, man, I really appreciate you. you coming back on again today and telling us this story. It's always a pleasure. I'm not just saying that. And look at, look at our high school Facebook page that you put the post out there and literally like everyone was like, I'm buying it. I bought three, I bought five. Yurik, what did he buy? Like he bought like a case of it or something like that. <laughs> Like Yurik, this one Yurik's, kid, right? Uh, Yurik has gone nuts with it. The whole town of Slotsburg, he spread the, the chili crisp love. It's like half his town has chili crisp. Like, See? Word of saying. mouth. Word of mouth, it's, Brian. It, it's, it's awesome. It's magical. Yeah. Our high school group is really, really rad. Really supported. That's, really that's rallied. amazing. All kinds of people came out of the woodworks. And, and that's what it is. That's what causes it to tip. And then one day, you know, you just see it at one chain and it takes off and it's, it literally is the next Sriracha. So I'm proud of you, bro. You keep yes. it up and keep sending me free samples. I really appreciate that. Thank you so and much. Listeners, uh, go to our website, uh, 10% off. We put in uh, jobs below. 10% off your order. Um and uh, free shipping with three or more jars. So Amazing. Awesome. And, and tell us uh, the website. Uh, MrBing.com. M-R-B-I-N-G.com. Don't forget Mr. the dash. Mr-Bing. It's an orange package, so that's when you know you, you hit that site. Are you on social still? What's your social handles? Uh, at MrBingNYC. Okay. Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, we don't have a TikTok yet. Uh, no, you don't need it. Screw TikTok. And you need yeah. you got your recipes up there. Check out what you can do. Brianna, what are your socials? At Brihas. 
Bree Haas. We're at jobsblowpodcast.com. Uh, that's at jobsblowpodcast, jobsblowpodcast.com. Please rate, review, tell your friends, spread the word. Yurik, spread the fucking word, Yurik. Get your 10% right? off, Mr. Get Bing. Get your 10% <laughs> on. Uh, really, just, you know, please tell us what you think. Subscribe, tell your friends. Give us a review. We do need reviews uh, to keep this show going. And it helps us get up the charts, all like that. Uh, I'm Mr. Josh Hyman on everything. Thanks so much, Brian, Brianna. Good talking to you. See you next time. Thank you. I need the hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce, hot sauce. Hot sauce, hot sauce.